Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, November 27th, 2018. I am Broadway World's Matt Tiamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, um, I went and saw a movie last night, a movie screening. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay. That's it. That's Excellent. it. Good. I got nothing else. That's really the only thing of interest going on in my life, but I'm not. I'm, I'm embargoed. You're embargoed. I can't, I, can't, I can't even tell you what movie it was. Was it in a theater? Yes, it was in a movie theater. It did was not you, in somebody's house. When you go to these screenings, things like that, do, do they give you popcorn and drink? No. no. No, you have to purchase those. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes it is with audiences, uh, not paying audiences, but people yeah. who either won contests or in some cases, not saying that it was the case of the one that I saw on Monday night, but maybe fan clubs of certain entertainment companies that maybe has a letter and then two numbers that comes oh. after it. Sometimes those fan clubs are in the theater as well, or people who've won tickets are just people that they want to get in. So um, very rarely, maybe once every 10 times will it be just press. Mm. Uh, but those, but those are infinitely better when they are. Okay. All right. Let's uh, get into our first news of the day. Head over heels announces its closing date on Broadway. Yeah, James, this is one that we've been expecting. I mean, is it is it Months. bad to say? Yeah, from the time that this show uh, actually first started performances on Broadway, despite the fact that we've been anticipating this announcement, I am very happy that this has had a multi-month run uh, because it is a show that is a ton of fun. I don't think it's a great show. I know you said it with better marketing, it could run for years and, and I think it probably could have, I don't think it's a great show, but I think it is a very good show and probably even more important than it is great. So I hope that people are able to go and see this show between now and January 6th of 2019, when the show will officially wrap up its run on Broadway at the Hudson theater. The show began performances on June 23rd before opening on July 20th. 26th. It will have played 188 regular performances and 37 previews by the time it wraps up its run. James, I don't know if this one is going to be a huge um, uh, licensing hit for years and years and going to fill the coffers of the Go-Go's and the other creators. But I do think that it's going to be a hit in terms of regional professional theaters. Um, I don't know that this is one that's going to be done at a ton of high schools for obvious reasons, but I do think that you're going to see professional companies have this in their repertoire, especially as soon as the licensing happens. Um, they, the licensing um, rights have been acquired by Broadway licensing and will be available for, for production in the coming year. So I expect that we'll see a lot of professional companies and some high-level community theaters doing it. I don't think a ton of schools will do it, colleges, but not high schools. Um, but I do think we'll see Head Over Heels have a healthy and substantial life after its Broadway run eventually wraps. Uh, any rumors or thoughts about a national tour? No, hmm. not at all. No. no. Okay. Normally, that's something that gets announced with the closing notice. Yeah. That was not a part of this announcement, so I'm going to guess that there is less – there's less chance of that happening than Bad Out of Hell actually happening. <laughs> All right. Um, now, one other thing, James, I will say, normally at this point, we talk about what might be taking that theater. Yeah. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that no. um, because I have a feeling. I got a feeling. The got only feeling is more cowbell. No, that's fever. Um, but I have a feeling – that there will be multiple other announcements, some in perhaps involving the fact that Head Over Heels announced closing, 
uh, coming in the next, I don't know, 21 hours. I'm just, I, I doesn't really accommodate our recording schedule, but I'm just saying, but I'm not saying I think we will have multiple announcements to talk about by the next time you and I talk, even though you and I aren't going to talk again until Wednesday's episode. But either way, we'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I have a feeling, too, that there's uh, there there's a lot to uh, a lot of things that are going to be um, said. So yeah. um, which will, uh, uh, you know. We got an awful lot of announcements on uh, Monday morning from various shows touting their record-breaking uh, uh, weeks. So, you know, I know, but uh, so tell us about last week's Broadway grosses. Well, unsurprisingly, James, the Thanksgiving week was a massive bump for Broadway. Overall, the Great White Way rose 17.92% or more than $6.5 million. And that's despite the departure of Bernhardt Hamlet. <gasps> Not a huge departure, actually, in terms of grosses, but Bruce Springsteen took the week off. So the fact that they wow. rose six and a half million dollars without the boss and Springsteen on Broadway is pretty impressive. So those two shows weren't on the boards, but Broadway did get a touch of extra box office magic last week as the Marquee Theater welcomed the Illusionists, who did nine hundred forty two thousand five hundred sixty three dollars in just seven performances. Man, people love them some magic on Broadway, James. We always talk about how these we love these short runs, the Phil houses. Most of them don't do super great. The illusionists always do, whether it's summer or holidays. The illusionists are great Broadway fair for one reason or another. So we're always happy to have them back. Anyway, the illusionists weren't the only show that made money appear last week as Hamilton brought in more than three point eight million dollars. For its second highest total ever, it was only surpassed by the very final week of 2017, which, if you remember, New Year's Eve was on a Sunday. So it got kind of the, the Christmas and the New Year's uh, bump in uh, in that same week last year. It was followed by The Lion King at 2.77 million, Wicked at 2.48, Cursed Child at 2.34, and Frozen at 2.32. Also north of seven figures in descending order were Aladdin, Mean Girls, Dear Evan Hansen, Phantom, Come From Away, My Fair Lady, School of Rock, Book of Mormon, Network, To Kill a Mockingbird, King Kong, Pretty Woman, and The Share Show. Cher actually saw a decline in her grosses, but this is during previews week, so I don't think you really have to worry about that. It could have been concert, could have been them experimenting with dynamic pricing, but I, I think we should be fine there with Cher. Um, the Prom actually saw a pretty healthy increase of over $163,000 to come in at $564K. Still not a great number, but certainly encouraging after the reviews and hopefully the buzz that it got. Uh, following the uh, the parade will help it as well. Um, Once on this island, saw a little pickup as well. Not as much as I think that they would like. It came in at just over four hundred fifty nine thousand dollars. I I struggle to see this one having a home at the Circle in the Square Theater long term. But again, like Head Over Heels, a great show, and I highly encourage people who are in New York during the holidays to go see it while you can, because I can't guarantee how long. 
it will be there. Um, at the bottom of the barrel, James was head over heels with just $208,221. Unfortunately, another song, another show that is fantastic was also struggling right above it on the grosses ladder at Torch Song over at the Hayes, uh, Helen Hayes, which uh, it actually dropped about $23,570 to come in at just $235,679. Mike Birbiglia is the new one over at the court was next at $316,000. Then was the Waverly Gallery at 421. Now, other than Head Over Heels, those are three plays. Those three plays not doing super well, but a couple other plays actually are, James. Even though they weren't in the Million Dollar Club, the Ferryman dropped uh, about $33,000 to come in at $967,888. Still pretty healthy for a straight show, even one that has 574 cast members. The li- the lifespan of a fact dropped about $7,000 and came in at $867,000 pretty good for a cast of three, despite the fact that they're all big stars. So a, a pretty well-rounded week, James. Some of the, the the old standbys had pretty good weeks. Anastasia had a tremendous increase of over $275,000 to come in at just over $879K. Um, you know, that did well. Chicago did well at $792,000. Even I've never seen that in all the years we've been talking about grosses, 792,000, even kinky boots, waitress, beautiful, um, all had pretty respectable weeks and very nice bumps now that tourists were there. James, as expected, it was a great week overall for the most part. Um, and I would hope that the, that would continue. But normally the trends suggest that for the next couple of weeks, these will obviously dip because it's not a holiday week for the next two weeks. But then once we get to mid-December and tourists come back to New York, they'll get back up to these levels through the end of the calendar year. Yeah, this is uh I I knew that this discussion was going to happen when we I I'm pretty sure I got an email from every single one of these shows that told us their grosses, which yes. is not not normal. <laughs> no, I, as soon as I see that, I'm like, oh, this is going to suck because they're all going to come. Got them from head over here or got them from uh, um, uh, uh, Harry Potter and all this blah, blah, blah. So um, good for them. I'm not going to go through and tell you everyone who had their biggest grosses because they're not adding tickets. More people aren't coming. It's just them raising the prices. Uh, surprising. King Kong is uh, just bucking the trend. Uh, I am not surprised uh, personally. That does not surprise me in the least. Uh, I, I can't say that I'm surprised. I'm just say bucking the trend because it, it's just those uh, those reviews were pretty brutal, and um, and Mean Girls uh, broke a house record, which was which was surprising to me, uh, and and Laura Benanti is is. My fair ladying them uh, to write to the bank. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, uh, uh, it's good stuff all around and and very happy for all of these shows. I'm not begrudging them making money, but them touting the fact that they're just raising ticket prices always gets under my skin. Sure. All right. What other news do you have for us today? Okay. Uh, yesterday, the Park Avenue Armory announced its complete season for 2019. Obviously, we already knew that the Layman Trilogy would be opening this season from March 22nd through April 20th. Of course, it's directed by Sam Mendes. We've talked about that one. Throughout the season, they have a number of very interesting projects, as they often do. They will start after Layman um, in June, from June 3rd to June 9th, with everything that happened and would happen, which is kind of um, – a, a dance experience kind of thing, um, a lot of theatrical images. Then from 
June 20th through July 21st will be a new commission by Park Avenue Armory. Um, it will uh, it's called Drill. Uh, so that will be there. Uh, then we will have a production of Antic uh, Antigone from September 25th through October 6th. Then we will have uh, to close out the calendar year of 2019 and actually blend into 2020. We'll have Judgment Day by Richard Jones. Um, uh, very interested uh, in this. Um, we'll have the complete list and more information on all of these shows they always do such interesting stuff at park avenue armory james i can't imagine um what they're going to do with some of these shows especially the layman trilogy because i really expected that to be on broadway so i'm interested to see how sam mendez and company mold that show to that very unique space that is park avenue uh but then finally james yesterday was also reported in the guardian actually it was over the weekend uh that al pacino is going to be taking on the lead role of king lear in an upcoming film the film will be directed by michael radford who uh is an oscar nominated director for il postino um they worked together before on the merchant of venice so it's no surprise that they are teaming together again but james i I feel like we've got a little bit of a King Lear overload. Not only do we have the upcoming Glenda Jackson production on Broadway, which is going to be fantastic, I have no doubt, but we also just recently had a filmed version of King Lear with an incredible cast. Um, that, of course, had Anthony Hopkins as King Lear, and Emma Thompson was in it as well. This literally came out within two months ago um, and was on uh, was on Amazon is still streaming on Amazon. So I'm not 100 percent sure why we need more King Lear, um, maybe just because Al Pacino wants to do it. So that's why we're going to get it. But I mean, I like Lear, but I feel like we get a new Lear on screen, whether it's like from Stratford or MT Live or Amazon just about every year. So maybe uh, did Mamet adapt this for Al? Yes, there's going to be screens all over the set so uh, Al Pacino can remember his lines. <laughs> so uh, it's probably the answer that you had mentioned is that Al said he wants to do it and uh, you do it when Al says he wants to do it. So. Yeah. But what's interesting, though, is if you remember, he had um, a play that kept getting rumored to be coming to Broadway where he played uh, Tennessee Williams. They'd done yeah. readings. They did a California production that all the stuff Judith Light was going to be in it. Um, I guess that's not happening, which is good because apparently it was terrible. Um, it was called God Looked Away. Um, no one liked it <laughs> pretty much. Um, so. I guess that's not happening or if it does, it's going to be after this. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm sure people liked it. Don't don't at me. Don't send me emails. I know that not everybody did disliked it, but the critics weren't really in love with it. So I, I guess that means he's going to be focusing on Hollywood more than Broadway, which is probably a good thing um, if this isn't the, the perfect project, because we know that he uh, was very salty after China Doll. Uh, was not well received. And that's why he wanted to make sure that when he came back to Broadway, it was in a great property. And it doesn't look like God looked away as that. Yeah, I mean, this is this is not the venue for this. But uh, certainly, there's, a, there's so much more risk in producing a play than there is a movie. Mm, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you put Al Pacino's name on a movie and you immediately find a director and a producer and a studio and they pre-sell the film so that it's guaranteed not to lose any money. And it's much safer than a play where, you know, a China doll where they take a huge loss on it. So 
you know, it's it's interesting mm-hmm. the, the different business model of of a movie versus a, of theatrical venture. Theatric, yeah. you mean you you think that movies are hundred million dollar films and but pretty much uh, they they're much less likely to lose money than a play is. Yep. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. And uh, I'm not sure one of us will be back to talk to you tomorrow. 